All right, Godfather and Gorney here. Uh, let's start quickly with, I guess we'll, we'll segue from rankings into recruiting. So Mason Smith is our new number one. Um, you know, JC Latham is number two and Corey Foreman's number three. So before you get into your Foreman intel, let me know what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, it's not that Corey Foreman did anything wrong. It's just that he didn't do much and it's not really his fault. I mean, California does not have a season. Um, it's unclear if they're even going to have a season. It looks like January at the earliest. Um, Mike's shaking his head saying California's not going to have a season. Zero percent chance. And so, you know, it's a tough call. Um, but Mason Smith had a season and he absolutely dominated. J.C. Latham had a season and he absolutely crushed people. And so, you know, we've always sort of made an excuse that people didn't fall. People just, you know, moved ahead of them. And, and in this case, that is seriously the truth. I mean, Corey Foreman uh, did absolutely nothing wrong, but he did very little. I mean, he worked out at Winter Circle all the time. He, you know, those kinds of things, but he didn't have a season. And so uh, definitely not a move down for anything he did. Um, it's just that Mason Smith and J.C. Latham, had such great seasons that you, you almost had to uh, give them the benefit of moving them up ahead into those top spots. Well, and for me, what it came down to is uh, the, the loss of a year of development. You know, you can make up for that in, in some ways, you know, by practicing and, and club football or whatever. And, you know, there, there's not going to be a season in California. I mean, things are getting worse out there. You, you live there, you know, I mean, you're going to be, not allowed to even leave a room soon. Um, so they're not gonna be able to play contact sports. And, um, you know, I, I worry about that loss of year development. It doesn't mean that Corey Foreman is not gonna be great, that the Chase Young comparisons don't stand, but when you see on the field, Mason Smith trim down and become more of a pass rusher from defensive tackle position than he ever has been before. And you see JC Latham just dominate. And, and then Corey is just working against you know, guys that just aren't going to challenge him. The biggest problem here is the all-star games, um, you know, because we would have been able to see these guys play against great players, you know, from different parts of the country. And it gives us a great gauge. And people say you put too much into those all-star games and maybe we do, but it's good to see, you know, Corey Foreman go against JC Latham uh, or Marius Mims or somebody like that to, to truly see how good he is. So, you know, it's a bit of a tough year rec recruiting wise, and it's been a tough year uh, ranking wise. The the only other big moves we had six new five stars. Um, you know, and and many of those, you know, Latham being one of them, certainly deserve it. Dallas Turner uh, is a freak out of South Florida. Um, you got the offensive lineman and Nolan Rucci and Kingsley Suamatea, 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 Suamatea. Uh, who apparently um, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah likes a lot. Yeah, loves him. Uh, who used to be, I mean, I like, I like the job he did replacing Mayock uh, at the NFL Combine and, and yeah. in the draft, and we used to talk, and I followed him, he followed me, and then he unfollowed me. Hmm. I don't know, and I never said anything negative about it, but it's a little hurtful. So, uh, you know, for him to change. He still follows me. We're... Well, could you tell him to follow me again? He he follows me, Mike. You must have said something 
I did. Well, I don't, I don't think I did. I really like the job he does. I think. Yeah, I like Daniel Jeremiah. He's good. Yeah. It's, it's I think dope. though on these rankings and like you said about the All Star games, Mike, it's it's tough. JT Tuimalau would have loved to seen him in a national setting compete against national level guys. I'm gonna guarantee then, you. Ready? Yeah. JT Tuimalau would be Mike Juarez. I'm gonna guarantee it. <laughs> no way. Absolutely. No way. Well, you said Mike Juarez wouldn't be Mike Juarez when we saw him. I was wrong on Mike Juarez. Okay, he was awesome in his high school year. He showed up to San Antonio like he had eat the, eaten the whole Christmas ham. So I think JT would show up and just be annihilated by everybody. That's just my guess. Yeah, I think he's way overranked, but that's just me. Yeah, it could be possible. Emeka Buka. I'd like. I'd love to see him. You know, against the the best cornerbacks in the country. Jack Sawyer is a guy that, you know, we would love to see on a national level. He wouldn't have played. He opted yeah, out of the season. True. So he, was, he definitely wasn't going to play in an all-star game. And people, you know, he was another one that was complaints. Why did Sawyer drop, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he missed a season of development as well. And he only dropped like five spots. But And, and Kingsley. Uka, I would love to see Kingsley on a national level to yeah, see what he would do. Because the knock against him is that he avoided Corey Foreman at every camp possible and all this other stuff. But, yeah, you know, that stuff I don't worry about. Um you know, Egbuka is a guy I think I like so much. Shut this off. Yes, please. I like I like so much on uh, film, you know, and, and having seen him once, but now he's much thicker and stronger and they see the workout videos and all that. I think he would be a guy that would push for number one overall. I think he's that special. He reminds me of Terrell Owens physically and, you know, but again, not being able to see him, not having a season, what do you do? You know, we kept him where he was, but and in any other year, I think he's a guy that might just be like, whoa, what are we, uh, what are we doing here? Like, you know, let's get rid of these big guys and make him number one. So it's going to suck. Uh, you know, I will not miss Orlando in December. Uh, I certainly will never miss San Antonio ever. I love San Antonio. There's nothing, you can't love it. You can survive it and enjoy it. There's a fantastic pizza place called Dough. There's a fantastic barbecue place called Big Bib. And I go there every day. Is Dough the place near our hotel? Yes. I like that place. Yeah, it's good. With the hipsters? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fit it refit right in with the hipsters. No, I don't. Um, I think it's like gluten-free too or something, which is good. I, it better not be. Good for your diet. Yeah. Texadelphia is still my, my stomp. Now it's a mattress place. What? See, yeah, I haven't been there in so long. I don't want to go back now. Forget it. Um, but every time I get in an elevator and it says going down, I have like PTSD. Great night. Literally, it happened the other day. I went out to the casino uh, and, and the elevator there said going down and I lost it. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm back in this nightmare. No. You can't walk anywhere there at all without some coach or parent or somebody yeah. bugging you and saying, hey, what's up? It's great to see you. How you doing? And like you've been friends forever. And um, the only thing bad about San Antonio in December and early January is one day it's 72 and beautiful. And then the next day it's like 26 and windy. Yeah. But when we were partnered with it, it was just... For me, it was just the worst thing ever because every day was worse as it got towards leaving. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, we got registration day. That's that's a bad day. 
you know? Yeah. And then we got a couple practice days, but then I got meetings and then I got to speak at this and speak at that. And then I got to set up the whole combine, combine. registration. Day. Yeah. I got to set up combine registration and that's a whole thing. And, uh, and then after combine registration, you got the combine, which is a long and long day. And then you got that, the TV thing, which I never really liked uh, on Saturday. And then that's why after, after those, after it was over, I would go to Denny's by myself. Yeah, that's, that's not good. I would take off my suit. You know, I had just done an extremely average job on television where they Would didn't you put go anything me. on or just take off your suit. No, just completely naked, go over to Denny's and sit <laughs> until the cops came. But no, but I would just, I would just regroup. But, you know, I will say this Barton Simmons does a tremendous job there and he should be doing it forever. Uh, NBC never change. Barton's 10 times better than I am. Stick with it, Barton. Good luck. I was so happy when I stopped having to do that. I'm so happy. Um, so Corey Foreman Intel, drop it. Okay, so now it looks, it's changing constantly with him, but now it looks like this is a USC Clemson battle. After mm -hmm. visiting Clemson this past weekend, Clemson is back in it. His mother loves, absolutely loves Clemson. And so that's going to play a big factor. He loves Clemson too. That's it. That has always been sort of the school that he's wanted to go to. He had committed there and then decommitted and wanted to take other visits and felt like maybe staying home was the better move. I still think USC has the edge in his recruitment, but Clemson, which was pretty much like fifth a yeah. week ago, is now number two and, and steaming along here very hard. Is there, there's no surprise to that, though, because every visit he's gone on, he's fallen in love. Also true. And he's going to LSU again this weekend. Well, then LSU will be the number two team. So USC, if you're, if you're wagering on this, which I, I personally think that's what we should um, do. We should do. But the problem is, you know, with insider information and all that stuff, mm -hmm. we would get rich. And I don't think that's legal, but... If you're wagering on this, the odds are good for USC, better yeah. for Clemson, will be better for LSU, Arizona State hanging in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and doing a good job of it. I mean, Adam yeah. Brenneman is the guy recruiting them. Uh, if you remember him, he went to your school. Remember him? Yes, he did. He's also from my home state of Pennsylvania. Yep, and I, I remember um, it, back in the recruiting days when we were recruiting between Under Armour and Army, I forget who we were aligned with at the time, having numerous hour-long conversations with Adam Brenneman about why such and such, you know, San Antonio was better in the winter than Orlando and all this stuff. And, and then he went off to UMass and had a good career. And now yeah. he's a coach. And, you know, I, I talked to him yesterday just to say hi. And he said, you know, I couldn't get the recruiting out of my blood. So he's going to be one to watch. I think he's going to be really good at recruiting and he's got them in the foreman race. But, um, but overall, I've got USC still like you um, yeah. default, but Clemson would not be a surprise. I mean, it's hard to bet against them. And, you know, if they were closer, obviously, and this weren't a COVID year, yeah. I, I don't think he would have ever decommitted. I think he would have been one of those guys who stuck. Um, Rajon Davis, you have to scoop on too. What's going on? Yeah, it sounds like USC is making a major, major, major push for him. And when I say that, read between the lines there, Mike, as early signing period gets closer. The Kyron Ware Hudson flip from Oregon to USC 
He's a modern day kid. He's a teammate of Rajon Davis. USC never stopped recruiting Davis. Modern day kids go to USC. All of those things together, and they're trying to form this, you know, big time recruiting class of Kyron Ware Hudson, Rajon Davis, Corey Foreman, then get Damani Jackson in 2022. So all of those things are kind of playing together. Um, I'm not predicting a flip immediately, but I would say as early signing day gets closer, LSU has a lot to worry about with Ray John Davis. Yeah, I, I'm sticking with LSU there. There were some Ohio State rumors too, if you remember mm-hmm. just about a week ago. And uh, I talked to some people about that and they said, no, nah, he's just enjoying the process and having fun. But when you see that modern day helmet, you know, and you put up a picture of Ray John, you're like, what is he? LSU is, is just not it's not expected. So USC will make a strong push there. Uh, Terrence Lewis decommits from Tennessee. I've got intel this morning that Auburn is the team to beat there. Um, Auburn's going to be real interesting because they don't have a lot of recruiting momentum. Things have gone horribly for them, but they're going to close with a few four-star kids. And I think their class is probably going to be in the top 12, which is something you would never have thought of after they lost kid after kid after kid to Georgia and Alabama and other schools. So he's an interesting one to watch. Dylan Brooks is another one who's interesting to watch. Um, It is decommitment system. I'm having trouble keeping up with your sting factors, but I did send them all in today. Okay. Uh, So they will be running. Um, But, you know, with South Carolina losing every recruit and now, you know, this consistent rash of decommitments, um, it's going to be interesting. Now, a lot of these kids would push off till February but they're, they can't take visits really, you know? Uh, so I think you'll still see a bunch of them, you know, who have decommitted will make their decisions over the next week or so, but look for Auburn to make a little bit of a push here um, and, and, and finish at the top half of the SEC, not, you know, upper third, but top half of the SEC. Um, what other Intel do I have? I, I, I think I have, I'm trying to- Is this VIP I, Intel or just regular Intel? We don't, we don't use that term. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we don't know. Our, our intel is all the same. It's yes, all just, the same intel. Just intel. I mean, this is free intel because it costs you nothing to watch this podcast. I would say if, if Auburn could get some uh, players on the offensive side of the ball to flip, that would be uh, quite good after watching that horrible, pitiful performance against Alabama. It doesn't matter until Gus is gone because his offensive strategy and, and, and the way he, it only works if you have Cam Newton. Yeah. I just, I just don't know if Bo Nix was vastly overrated or if he just has no one to throw the ball to. He's got skill, man. I watched that game. He made a couple plays that are just out of this world, amazingly athletic. One of them was late in the game with the pump fake in the end zone where the two Alabama guys collided and then yeah. he scrambled. The problem is they send out, you know, they're, they're, they're typical, you know, they got one good receiver and he, if he's not involved early, he doesn't care. Uh, and Seth Williams and. Yeah, but he dropped the ball. That would have been a touchdown. Yeah. And, and, and they don't have uh, an offense that gives you an, enough options. That's it. Right. Period. I mean, you know, so Bo Nix is, is back there 
everybody else is playing spread football and, 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 you know, Mac Jones is looking like Tom Brady and he's just got options everywhere. And even with Jalen Waddle out, he's just flinging a ball around and Bo Nix is running for his life and, and has nobody open. So that's not going to change. They need a change at coach uh, and an offensive philosophy. They can get all the good recruits they want, but they still don't load up on receivers. No. You know, so that's, that's a big issue there. And, and who knows? I mean, they're not going to do it this year with Gus, um, uh, obviously. So they got to suffer through. It, it, Gus Malzahn is the Tommy Bowden of Auburn. He's That's no problem. He just keeps hanging on, right? And, and Tommy Bowden has had his house for sale for like six straight years. And they were waiting to fire him, and they didn't. He just yeah. keeps hanging on, does enough to stay, but always loses a game he shouldn't lose. And, and there might be a Dabo waiting out there to take over at Auburn, but we won't know it until they actually pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, that's my, my take on Gus the bus. Um, yeah, so recruiting is, is heating up. It's getting exciting. Mason Smith still LSU to me. Um, you know, the, the potential NCAA sanctions and that investigation, we're not going to hear anything about that before either signing day. That's right. going to drag on forever. So yeah. he, he's probably going to be hesitant and then just jump in. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Agbuka, probably Ohio State, I guess. He's visiting Oklahoma this weekend, which could change things. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting. He stopped talking to me for some reason, and what? I don't know why, but it's sad. It sounds like Sticks Jeremiah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I don't I'm gonna, know what's going on there. But did, he, did he unfollow you? I No, he still follows me. But right. he just doesn't reach out to me anymore. It's, it's sad. But I still think he goes to Ohio State. I think Oklahoma is intriguing, and I think he'd be phenomenal in that offense. But he would also be phenomenal in Ohio State's offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really can't go wrong with those two choices. I got some scoop for you in 2022. Oh, so do I. Well, okay. Who All you right. Got? You go first. Well, for, I got two scoops. So you go first. Maybe one of yours is mine. All right. My scoop in 2022 is Relique Brown. That's not it. Okay. Alabama. Phenomenal running back, so exciting to watch. Completely Alabama. different than Najee Harris. Couldn't be more different. Alabama. Alabama, and here's why. The thinking around Relique Brown. Everyone says Oklahoma, go to Oklahoma. Well, the thinking is Alabama basically runs the same offense as Oklahoma. They score as many points, and it's it, and in that offense, they could use them just like they would in Oklahoma, if not more. And not only is – I'm not talking about as a running back. I'm talking about flexing him out, throwing the ball to him, getting him outside. He is, he is so exciting to watch. He's like exactly who Gary Danielson is going to have, you know, thrills over down, going down his leg like Chris Matthews had um, about watching him play. And it's going to be so fun watching him. And that's the thinking. And that's, that's what I think is dangerous for Oklahoma moving forward is that Alabama and Ohio State kind of run the same stuff. They, they yeah. run similar offenses. With, with better defenses. Um, with better defenses. Did you just say excitement running down his leg? Yeah, Chris Matthews once said he was so excited about Barack Obama that he had a tingle going down his leg. Yeah, I don't know politics, but that sounded really Then NBC odd. fired him. So. Super creepy. Um, yeah, creepy. So I've got a package deal here in 2022, and that's Will Johnson and Damani Jackson. Boom. They are going to the same school. 100% done, mark it down. Okay, unless that school's USC. No, I, I, I think Will Johnson would go to USC. Okay, then they're going to USC. I think Ohio State and Michigan 
are obvious choices for both of them. I, I like you, believe Damani is going to stay home and go to USC. But I wouldn't be stunned. Now, Will Johnson's a legacy at Michigan. But it, but it wouldn't stun me to see him go play with Damani. They've become very, very tight. Now, again, is this Mason Smith, Corey Foreman? Will it fade? Maybe. Yeah. But right now, uh, in talking to Will Johnson, I'm like, why are there so many predictions for you to go to Michigan after you visited Michigan? He's like, eh. I'm a legacy yeah. and everybody thinks Damani's going to Michigan. And I said to him, well, you know, Damani's probably not going to Michigan. And he's like, I don't want to speak about Damani's recruitment. He's a very respectable young man, which sucks. Yeah. Give me so much information. Yeah. But I think it's, it's Ohio State or USC and, and yeah. it's probably USC for Damani and, and, you know, Will would have to go. But if Damani Jackson changes his mind, which West Coast kids have known to do, uh, and, and goes to Ohio State or Michigan, then they will play together. So that's one. The other, which I found really interesting, was C.J. Hicks, right? Freak 2022 linebacker committed to Ohio State is thinking about flipping to Cincinnati. Cincinnati oh, that doesn't stun you. Well, or did you look at the factor fiction I sent you over today? I did not look at that yet. No. It's in there. Okay. okay. So, Luke Fickle, this was a rumor that occurred, and, and it was an underground rumor. I'm, a, I'm like on the dark web of recruiting now. Okay. And that's what Instagram of just is? just recruiting or of other things, too? Just recruiting, let's say. Okay. All right. Um, Instagram is the dark web of recruiting. Okay. Oh, it's a bunch of 20-year-old, 17-year-old kids that follow every thing known to man if somebody changes their profile within seconds they will know about it if a Mm -hmm. kid puts up a tweet that he's decommitting or or anything they will know about it it's all they do they're like you with twitter yes but they're 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 younger sharper faster right so yes so i get this random dm what's this cj hicks in cincinnati thing and i'm like what what are you talking about so apparently CJ Hicks put up a couple of tweets where he retweeted kids getting Cincinnati offers and a couple pro Bearcats things and stuff. And apparently he had Ohio State in his Instagram profile and took it out. So I do a little bit of investigation as I do. And it is true. He really, really, really likes Luke Fickle. Now the feeling is Luke Fickle is going to be gone, right? He's going to take a better job and it won't matter. Uh, but yeah, what better job is going to be open? Well, that's the thing. And the other thing is that Luke Fickle loves where he is at Cincinnati. He's going to get a massive raise. Um, he's a defensive coach. He, Cincinnati was CJ's first offer. Now, Will. You froze. Yeah. So uh, we apologize for the technical difficulties there. I lost you. You're, you're, you're getting choppy too. So we got to wrap this up soon anyways, because I got a meeting. Okay. Would he flip from Ohio State to Cincinnati? You know, that, that's like Deontay Greenberry flipping from Notre Dame to Houston. Right. right. And look how that turned out. Re- just really unlikely, but it's definitely something that's in, in his mind uh, from what I understand. So my suggestion for you is to get on the dark web of recruiting. I, I just have only so many hours in the day, Mike. Yeah, but you're wasting a lot of them. Yeah, I know. That's that's the thing too. I mean, you're scrolling through political stuff, and 
COVID stuff. And that's a complete waste of time. You have no control over any of that stuff. But a rumor about a 16 year old boy looking at a different school. I mean, that's, that's big. <laughs> it's our job. Especially one that doesn't sign for two years. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's our job, but it is our job. Let's talk hot seat. One to 10. 10 being sizzling bacon on a fryer. One being cold. I don't know. Yeah. Couldn't think of a cold reference. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Seven. I think it's slightly higher than that. And, and I know a lot of people say that Jim Harbaugh is going to make his own way, but they're going to tell Jim Harbaugh, you got to get rid of coaches. And he, that's when he's going to make his decision whether he wants to go to the NFL. The Lions just fired their coach. It could Did be you read my fact and fiction response the other day? I never read your fact and fiction response. Okay. This is, and this is the thing that we uh, have talked about numerous times about expectations and everything else. He has three 10-win seasons in five years. That has happened two times over the last, like, 70 years at Michigan. <clears throat> Everyone, want, everyone thinks that Jim Harbaugh immediately means winning national championships. And believe me, that team looks horrible and does not, doesn't look like it wants to play. And when he starts talking about process over results and all that kind of stuff. But Lloyd Carr did it in the 90s. Bo Schembechler did it in the, I believe, late 70s. Other than that, it's the winningest five-year stretch for Michigan in program history. Yeah. So, what, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Who are you going to fire? Now, would Matt Campbell be a better option? I don't know. Would he breathe new life into the program like Ryan Day did at Ohio State? Maybe. But, I mean, what, what do you expect? I mean, what do you want from him? I don't know. First of all, I think your internet connection sucks. I don't think it's mine. Am I freezing on you? No, not right now, but you were earlier. Right. And then it said Michael Farrell on the thing. You're a little choppy, but that's all right. People will stay because this is so compelling and they'll fight through yeah. the difficulties, but they're going backwards. <clears throat> that's the problem. Like, remember when Jim Harbaugh came in and it was 2016 and he was full of vim and vigor and he was climbing trees and sleeping over and really just so much energy and now you see Jim Harbaugh and he is just a shell of his former self and I agree with that and they're going backwards so that's why I'm saying yeah he, he won 10 games he got as high as they're going to get under Jim Harbaugh but now it's heading in the wrong direction and that's why I think a change will be made not a change at the top I mean they're going to say listen your defense is getting lit up you got to get rid of Don Brown your offense is horrible you got to get rid of Gaddis I don't know how loyal he is to those guys. I mean, Don Brown was a hire away from Boston College. It's not like they've been lifelong friends. Gaddis, you know, has only been there for a couple of years. And I think Harbaugh puts his imprint on the offense anyways. So, but Harbaugh is the type of stubborn person that says no. Yeah. I'm not going to take an NFL job. So that's what it's going to come down to. So I think the pressure's on him in that respect that he's going to have to make co coaching changes. And we all know that's the first step. Tom Herman already did it. Can't yeah. do it again. So. Right. Hot seat, sizzling. I wish we had graphics and stuff. Tom Herman. Tom Herman. Tom Herman. 10 plus. He's out. Gone. Bacon. He's bacon. That's what you're saying. Yes. He, he is cooked bacon. He's gone. He is definitely out. There's no doubt. Say this. Hear... No, He's go not ahead. gone unless they can get 
Urban Meyer. That's my guess. So I've heard numerous things on Urban Meyer, one being that his wife does not want him coaching, that his medical problems are very concerning, that when, when he is induced with stress, he gets massive headaches and has all kinds of issues. And all of those things combined into one. Right. And, you know, I hate, I hate to see this, say this, but is Texas a big enough job for Urban Meyer? Oh, it is. I think it is. We act like Texas is one of the best five programs in the country. Northwestern has more 10-win seasons in the last decade. Before Mac Brown, before that a decade stretch of Mac Brown where they were awesome, they were an average football team. They won nine games here, eight games here, maybe a 10-win season sprinkled in. This, we, we act like Texas is, is the greatest football program ever to exist, and they're just in a downslide. They're just an okay football program. TCU has more 10-win seasons, an undefeated season, than Texas has had. But here's it's, not a very, it's not a great football program. This is what Urban likes. Urban likes built-in advantages. And yeah, but what's the built-in advantage? Texas A&M has Jimbo Fisher. Oklahoma has Lincoln Riley. Recruit. You have a great state to recruit. You do have that. You've got billions of dollars thrown into the program. You do have that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you've got tradition, and you're in a weak conference. That's there's, also there's very a of, true. A lot of advantages. Like, you took the Ohio State job, and there's a lot of advantages that are similar with Ohio State. You know, it's a great state to recruit. You kind of own the state. Um, you know, they have financial backing. You don't have to worry about academics. I actually think it's Florida that's the better comparison. Expectations were so unbelievably low when he got there. A great state to recruit and, and not really a winnable conference, but this would be an easier situation to win the conference. The problem is he didn't choose Florida. Like he didn't pick and choose, you know, it wasn't like he was picking and choosing where he's going to go. He picked Ohio state. He could yeah, pick yeah. Texas. He was a Utah coach who took the Florida job because that was a great opportunity for him. But now he can pick any school he wants, you know, I mean, short of. Does he want to coach again? Does he want to be on a plane I don't know, and flying around? And Why get rid of Herman now for Matt Campbell? Because Matt Campbell continue to beat him <laughs> yeah but you know i mean i, I just think it, it's going to take a real think, special coach for them yeah. to change this year and that's why i say it's not a 10 it's probably a nine or an eight I, and i also think though with her when, when it comes to herman is there's like a flow to these things that the financial backers get just so enraged by just being average that Anybody would be better than Tom Herman. Tom Herman now doesn't know football. He's not in Mensa. He's in a dumbass that doesn't know how to coach and no one likes him and can't recruit and everything's awful. That's like the thinking in the program now. Right. Um, and so there's just like this thing. So even if he wins out and beats Kansas State and Kansas, which uh, you would imagine. Who cares? Who cares? They want him gone. He's going to be gone. I don't, I don't think there's any way that he keeps his job. And apparently this week his buyout reduces, but to Texas, honestly, the buyout is not, to me, I don't believe a financial issue whatsoever. 
Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think they care at all. I mean, South Carolina didn't care firing Will Muschamp and paying him ridiculous money. I don't think Texas is going to care. Yeah, and Texas is still the number one revenue generating program in all of college football. So yeah, they got the money. That's for sure. So who else? Scott Frost, zero to ten. He's probably like a two or three. They're not going to get rid of him, but the people that make those decisions cannot be really thrilled with what's going on there. I mean, no, I mean, they came talk about a lot of money for him and they, they outbid some teams. Well, not outbid, but really fought for him. And I just think, you know, now's not the time to, to make another change when you got a guy who, you know, wants to be there as an alum, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You got to give them patience. Now, will it ever work out? I mean, kids are jumping into the portal. Recruiting is okay, but not great. Um, you know, expectations there are very high and the pressure is always high, but I think people would love right now a freaking eight and four season next season if they could get one. <clears throat> and I think he can, you know, be the guy to deliver that. That he's just, you're just not going to win a national championship in Nebraska. It's just not going to happen. Um, sorry. But yeah. it's a division that they can win and at least get into the, into it. Yeah. And then they, and they get throttled. Yeah. No, I know. I, I mean, Ohio state is Alabama. Ohio State is Alabama. You can get to the SEC East, you know, win that, and, and you get to the championship game and get throttled. Yes. And that's the way the Big Ten is for the foreseeable future. And even if you get through the Big Ten West, which is, you know, not horrible. I mean, Wisconsin's difficult. Iowa. Iowa's tough, yeah. So it is down, but they lost a lot of people. And, you know, but again, it's a winnable division, yes, but not for Nebraska because they haven't come close to winning it. Winning the division, they don't even have a winning record under him. Correct. So I think you, you take the baby steps and you stick with Scott Frost and you try to get a winning record and then you go from there. And people yeah. think it's easy to recruit kids to Nebraska because they have such a tremendous fan base and the experience of game day and all that stuff. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. I'm sorry. I, I, did, I didn't create the geography of the United States. but Fans is, care about that? Kids yeah. get that every weekend when they go someplace. Well, yeah. And also kids don't have to hop planes and change flights and do yes. all this other stuff and take, you know, an hour and a half drive to get to campus. And they just don't have to do that for a lot of schools. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's one of those things where are they geographically in a spot where they're never going to be able to win again? like on a national level and and I, see i don't buy that though because iowa has been a consistent winner consistent but never made the playoff well not the playoff i mean you know michigan wisconsin, State made the playoff wisconsin no, never made the playoff. playoff but those are the expectations wisconsin and iowa exactly no i don't think the i don't think the nebraska expectation is to make the playoff i think it's to have a uh, a winning record get to a rose bowl every few seasons i mean if the expectation is winning national championships then that's ridiculous well it is unfortunately and and fans won't say that but that's what they want uh because and now eventually you know i talked to a, a reporter out there and and i you know mentioned that eventually if they continue to suck for 20 more years those people that remember the tom osborne era will be slowly dying off and mediocrity will become the norm but right it's now almost, yeah it's almost like purdue used to be the 
cradle of quarterbacks and everybody, the best quarterbacks went to Purdue. That's not the case anymore. Right. But it takes a long time for that to, to die but out. Nebraska was good under Pelini. They were good under Solich. Of course they were good under Osborne. Like this is a team that can win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, uh, if your coach is Bo Pelini, you have to swallow, <laughs> you have to swallow that if you want wins. Yeah. And, and remember, it wasn't just his personality. It was that he wasn't winning enough, you know? Yeah. So, again, that's their problem, not mine. Uh, I don't worry about it. But I, I agree with you. I think Frost is okay. Um, yeah. I don't know who else would be on a hot seat. I don't know. Let's, let's go down the list very quickly. Yeah, because I got to get out of here in five minutes. Five minutes? We have to talk TV. Well, let's talk TV now because I got a meeting at 1230. That's extremely important. Okay. TV. Uh, I'm not watching. I finished Ted Lasso. I don't have anything to watch. Uh, Queen's Gambit. I'm going to watch that. I heard it's very good. The Undoing is also very good. Okay. What's that about? It's uh, Hugh Grant is married to Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yep. A murder happens. Ooh. And it's a whodunit. Oh, no. How many seasons? Six episodes and you're out. Ah, I can do that. Hour? Yeah. Hour episodes, yes. Okay. It's good. It's you good. haven't watched Ted Lasso yet? H- haven't watched Ted Lasso yet. Now we have another day of 90, we have another season of 90 days starting on Sunday. Is Sunday when it starts? Yeah, and it's, you know, not the other way, which I tried to watch, which I don't like. It's, yeah. You know, people coming to America. And good. it's three, three we've known before. Okay. Um, the tall guy named, I think his name is Mike, with the crazy Russian blonde girl. From Vegas? I don't know. No. Where's he from? He's from Washington or something like that. But um, there's three couples that we know of. Remember the, 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 the girl who uses all the filters? Oh, the, 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 the huge guy that lives with the guy yeah. in, the, in the cabin or whatever? Yes, him and oh, okay. the crazy blonde. Uh, okay. Then there's the girl who uses all the filters. Uh, who makes herself look 20, but she's really not. That and dated, the kind of guy who looks a little bit like he hasn't showered ever. You know what I'm talking about? I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, it's, it, they're not memorable, but um, he got a, he, he's the one who wore the shirt with her picture on it. Mm. Wow. Okay. Because that's the only thing that's exciting about them. And then Tariq and his brother, I forget what their, the brother's name is, but Tariq is with his new girl from the Philippines, I think. And turns out she's bisexual. Oh, good. Okay, that'll be good. That'll yeah, be good. So, so they got to navigate. And then there's three new couples, I think, too. So I'll be in yeah. Florida on Sunday. We're going to Disney World for the week. So I after that, Disney I'll be World back. Disney World was closing. Didn't they just lay off like 12,000 people? 31,000 people. Um, but we are going to support 25% capacity. So we will uh, be there for the week. That's hell. Well, at least the lines won't be bad, right? Well, they say that the line weight is the same because they have to space you out in the actual ride itself. So good luck, Gordon. I'm going to be sitting here in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> well, get the fast pass, man. They don't have fast passes anymore because of the deadly virus. All right. I have to pee and I have a meeting. So let's end this. Okay. So follow Adam Gorney 
at Adam Gorney on, on Twitter. Follow me at Rivals Mike on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Rivals Godfather. I'm going to jump into this meeting and uh, we'll put this up. See ya.